Today on Criminal Minds, we talk about cars, crashes, and what the heck is happening to Reed. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, AfterBuzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everybody. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to AfterBuzz TV. We are here doing Criminal Minds After Show Season 12, Episode 14. I feel like deja vu, doesn't it? Like, like, like haven't we been here before? I don't know. Collision <laughs> Course Episode. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. Follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. Joining me as always, I'm Michelle Cullen. You can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. And Chris Howard. Find me at Chris Howard Live on Twitter as well as Instagram. Yeah. Yes. That was good. Had to time up with the music. That was great. Great start to our show. But now what do we say? I mean, (laughs) we have a lot to say about this episode. Collision course. Real quick. Quick thoughts. Michelle. I was banking so much on a Law & Order style episode last (laughs) week that I was totally thrown that there would still be a case. Mm -hmm. I'm kind of glad it wasn't, though. Yeah. No, it would have been too intensive. It was all Mm read-focused and all in a courtroom. And too soon. Yeah, Rainman doesn't take that long. I think I just got excited <laughs> at the promo. Uh, I thought it was a very interesting case, though. I thought so too, Chris. Love the thoughts. show. I, I thought this was a great episode, and I, I, I loved this. I loved the end. I mean, this this is what I was waiting for. I was telling you, I like these surprises that just kind of shocked the system. I know, and yeah. I think Criminal Minds did a great job with the preview for this episode, thinking it's going to be like all trial, and it really wasn't. The last five minutes were trial. We'll get there. Obviously, we have to talk about Reed, but we'll we'll start with the the regular case. I mean. The whole Reed situation is still going on simultaneously as the regular BAU gang has to go solve their case. Um, we get from the National Transportation Safety Board the car crashes, this unsub. There have been two separate incidents with two vehicles of the same make and model that killed two pedestrians or hit two pedestrians. And um, in Brandon, Bradenton, Florida. Bradenton, Florida. <laughs> but what are your thoughts of having this case with using vehicles and killing victims in this manner? Well, what, we ci- what, what city was it in again? Bradenton, Florida. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just messed with you. Did. <laughs> Maybe one of these times I'll get it right. <laughs> I thought it was cool. I thought it was an interesting choice of weapon. I think cars have been hacked in the past on Criminal Minds uh, for GPS locations Mm -hmm. and to turn the car on and off, uh, but never to cause injury to another individual to such an extent as last night's episode. Yeah, and it was scary, especially the way that they were actually showing how the cars were just running, literally running over people. That was unexpected and terrifying, and also... Though, in those videos of the people crossing at the crosswalk, they veer out of it right before they get hit, and for some reason that Uh. just irrationally irked me. Uh. It's not the point of that at all, but they did. They went at a diagonal line, and I don't know if it was something with editing or how they actually walked, but I found it interesting that it was in both videos. Interesting. Interesting. Go back and notice that. We'll have to do that, because I didn't... (laughs) But I I love the concept, because it's... It's the worst fear of technology and where technology is going and the capabilities of the bad guys to be able to do things like that. And I, you know, I've thought about that. They, they said Dick Cheney worried about people being able to uh, hack his uh, pacemaker for his heart 
So <laughs> Dick Cheney worried about a lot of things. Yeah, well, yeah. I know, but I mean, the point is, is that there's real technological capabilities. Uh, oh, absolutely. That, that could are scary as hell if we really start to think about it. So it's, I, th- I thought it was cool. Yeah, because it's the everyday things that we take for granted, and we don't, and we just use it. We don't really think what other harm it could do to to other people mm-hmm. and I think I felt like this could have been straight like a Black Mirror episode where like I love Black Tech, Mirror such a good show if you that haven't would... watched that show you should you should um, I feel like that would just be the, the smart cars or Google Drive or whatever it is the self-driving vehicles yeah. right. would go crazy exactly. and they're the killers and that's the whole concept that that's how the writers of this episode conceived this episode it's like just the, that scary notion of smart cars can now park themselves but they don't have the wherewithal to, and the morality that's within humans to mm-hmm. know, hey, should I hit, uh, should I veer off to the left if a kid is running into the road, or should I veer if a ball like ran into the road or something? So, right, like, they, I mean, humans having, have that, but cars mm-hmm. wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, with driverless vehicles, and then uh, if people can hack those suckers, and then, and then the act of observation, too, that they're watching. Most people aren't even aware because they were saying that he was hacking into cars that either had the cell phone there or a, a camera, a dash-mounted camera. Mm-hmm. But there's cameras now inside the uh, the, the rear-view mirrors of a lot of cars, and most people had no idea of that, so yeah, that they can right. capture the last few seconds of an accident and stuff. But those can be hacked as well. So I thought that was really interesting, too, because they said the make and model of this car was the 2013 Meridian, and they said cars from 2013 to now, the technology in it is just way more advanced that any car is pretty much hackable or it, it has software within it Something that you can hackable. They, they, yeah, they said cars 2008 to now. Oh my goodness. Made me grateful my car is older than That's that. That's scary. For oh. the first time ever. I That's, think we're walking home tonight. Yeah, yeah. That's scary because I literally just got a new car and I'm like, oh shoot, my car would be a victim of that. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> but I, I thought it was an interesting concept. We definitely haven't seen it on the show. I'm scared to watch these people actually get hit by cars. I'm just, yeah, like, I'm surprised CBS kind of it went that It was kind of shocking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Was like, I mean, uh, we've seen other episodes where people have gotten hit or they cut away, like, the last second. And you hear the sound effect from the side and you see the death off screen. But never really but the last the woman fashion. that got hit, you got the crunch, you know, as she yeah, went in and saw the body fold. And, straight on impact. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, a lot of people were involved in these crashes. We had uh, Marta Calderon, um, who was the driver, who was a victim of this, and the pedestrian, who was only a 23-year-old boy. His, his name is Todd. He unfortunately died. But Marta did a cognitive interview. But hearing this cognitive interview from Tara, what were your thoughts and like and how scary it was knowing that technology was taken over and it wasn't her? Mm. I'll let you answer. Well, I mean, I was more interested in it because I know you guys have watched so many more episodes than I have and uh, have so much more of an awareness. I was interested in the technique of the cognitive interview because I used to teach hypnosis and I had gotten asked by the L.A. Sheriff's Department to come out and teach forensic hypnosis for reluctant uh, witnesses. Um, I didn't actually end up going to teach a class. The the guy that I was working for at the time decided to do it instead of me, but um, uh, essentially what they do is have you go back and you go piece by piece because they have to be really careful that they don't... uh, install anything or you know or be leading in any way shape or form so it's kind of interesting to watch how they did that and it was neat how she stayed in present tense language while she was guiding her and stuff i was more interested in that aspect when i was watching yeah yeah what were you thought oh i don't i've 
I saw the movie Untraceable in 2008 with Diane Lane when her car got taken over and it was a hacker movie, so I wasn't really surprised. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, it didn't it didn't surprise me much. Um, it's still terrifying. And again, I'm very grateful for the first time in my entire owning of this car that it's older than <laughs> when computers started being installed in cars because that's very fair that they could easily be hacked by someone. Yeah, that is. Um, I, what what I was learning, you know, from this, we kind of because the BAU were thinking that this could be human error for like all the all the cases that happen. But knowing that this was actually someone who's actually hacking into the technology made it a quote-unquote scarier than they thought. A lot scarier. A lot scarier. Yeah, that, that takes the case to a different level. Yeah. And I was just trying to figure, because every time we do the victimology of every episode, it's usually like the same format for every type of person. But the fact that like each case or like each situation it was like either a female driver or a male driver and like the the races weren't the same no similarities and there there's yeah. no similarities there was like really no connection between the driver think, and the pedestrian i think so that's I was what they said to, the only similarity yeah. was that there was no similarity exactly yeah. <laughs> so i was just trying to figure out like what is this unsub after like what type of person is he after and when the victimology was literally all over the board yeah it, until it began to evolve to where he really wanted it to be. Yeah. And it was kind of mm-hmm. like he was playing with it and learning almost uh, to take it in a certain direction. Yep. Yeah. He he kind of took video games and his passions to become a real-life outlet. <laughs> to which a scary not, level. Which is not the first time we've seen that on Criminal Minds. No, it's but not. it wasn't the focal point in this episode. It was just kind of an aside of, oh, and this this feeds into the profile, but we're not going to focus on these as part Mm -hmm. of the development necessarily. Yeah, and then the other situation that happened at the beginning of the episode, um, you had the driver, Mark Kelling, and the pedestrian, Meredith Coteles. So, you know, these four people involved in the case that got us all started, like, none of them are related, and they're all different, and... But we did find out that these two situations were really just trial and error for the unsub, and they were just victims of opportunity, which just is really sad. And you're like, no, what, they what, died for nothing. What about that radio station? I didn't get that. that they kept... The WUKO, that's where he used to work, yep. 98.2. Oh, so he worked at the radio station. Yes. That's what he had on his license plate. That was his license. that's what he was turning them, the radio yes. stations to in each of the cars. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. Yeah. What did it have to do? But it didn't have anything to do with the bigger picture of the the, the woman that he was after. It was just his MO. Uh, yeah, just I, I his think thing. it was like his signature. Yeah, on it. that was his name. That's what he's known for. Got it. For working at W U U K O. Yep. Wuko. Not quite a wacko, but close. Close. Super close to that. But and then unfortunately we had the the third time with Tim Dillinger. And Veronica, who was at the wheel. That was that. scary. Um, poor Tim. He died. And <laughs> the driver. He died. He died. He back. Veronica. <laughs> he died. Veronica also died on site. That was oh, a hard collision. That just... She had no chance. Hurt my heart to watch. That was the cutaway moment mm-hmm. that they do often right. where you don't have to see the carnage, but you know it happens. But it happened. High speed car impaled her impaled her literally oh impaled most likely cut her in half probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's, yes. good that's a great sound today. Yeah. we should do that at every death 
<laughs> There's too many. I know, <laughs> too many. I know, I know. It gets sick of that sound. Yeah, yeah. especially um, in this yeah. episode. But poor Veronica, she, oof, that was not good. But from this, um, we learned that Veronica's situation, that he's being, uh, he has a more targeted victim. Like, there's a certain type of person he's after. And it's more categorized. And, uh, you know, they've... They, of course, deliver the profile. They call it sadistic symphorphiliac. That was a new one for me. I have not heard of this. Nope. Symphorphiliac? Symphorphiliac. Somebody who likes to, who gets sexual gratification from setting up and watching tragedy. Yes. Sexual arousal from staging and watching disasters. (laughs) You know, like how arsonists like watching fires. Um, This is, it's kind of like the same case, but for disasters. Got it. Yeah, so they take great pleasure in watching the terrorize. But um, there's the, a, a sexual component to it. There's, there's yeah, not they necessarily get off on it. there's not necessarily sexual to arson, though, right? I would, no, I, would assume. Mm, I mean it might not, turn, the, turn not them for on. this particular <laughs> Light them up. not for yeah. this particular unsub. But he also enjoyed the terror of the drivers and the imp- and watching the actual impact of the cars being. Yeah. How horrendous is that? Can people. you even imagine having a psychology that would be? I can't. That's so far removed from normal. It's quite normal. messed up. It's quite messed mm. up. Um, yeah, sadistic symphorphiliac. Interesting. Um, Say it like three times fast. <laughs> I've already said it twice, so I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but we, we find out he's hacking all the, the traffic cams because they're just everywhere. And what did you think? Uh, because Prentice is not really on this case. She's back in Washington, D.C. dealing with Reed. But we got Penelope... <laughs> joining along for the ride and how she added to this episode i love her color and her character and just (laughs) her character spirit in this because it adds that very necessary lightheartedness to otherwise incredibly serious situations very true we love her here she's our favorite yeah, she's fun. She was awesome. She was awesome in this episode. Yeah, she just and the the she's the only one who can really kind of go into the caring and oh my god oh she was just, you know she was just a serial the uh, uh, what the uh, uh, monogamist or whatever and she just really gets into the the victims and you know. Uh, the tragedy of it all, and you don't get to see that come through in most of the other agents. So it's kind of cool. She has this uh, a much more human element. Yeah, yeah, yeah and um, she's definitely humanistic, and she's the one who has she conveys all the feelings and emotions that the regular audience watcher yeah. is is feeling. They're waiting for because it, yeah. all all the regular FBI agents, um, like we love them, but they're so kind of desensitized to this. They that, have a job to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're very compartmentalized, and every once in a while we see them get emotional. But the fact that we had uh, Penelope there, we had Garcia there, and like just feeling and saying all the things that you want to say. A typical audience <laughs> yeah. member would yep. say out loud. Um, I thought it was great, and it made the whole situation a little bit more real. I was really, yeah. really concerned about you today. Me? Yeah, when I saw the ending of the episode, I thought, oh, my God, Marissa's going to be so sad. Uh, and I went yeah. back, and you, you were pretty well, desensitized. Yeah, well, you were just like an FBI that. agent. We'll you were so cool. <laughs> so cool. Um, but I, d- I did like it, and especially uh, her moment when she's with Luke Alves. The, the whole episode, those <laughs> two had moments. to be paired together. <laughs> and every chill like backhanded compliment he he uh, she gave to him and like them forcing those two to constantly be on screen together was kind of fun it's good it's so good he's got a smirk down that's so perfect for his character <laughs> and their relationship 
and I love it. He's the you know he's the straight man in the comedy duo, so it's kind of like you got to have those dichotomies of character to get sparks. So I thought that was cool. Absolutely, and then we learn from the Veronica Perotta, the the poor pedestrian who just died um, in a in, ter- city? in a terrible way. <laughs> Bradenton. Stop being mean. Bradenton. How many times can I say it? I'm going to say it a few more times, actually. Because it's my it was only because you were you were jo- 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 going over the pedestrian. Where's the hard, you guys? All right, <laughs> where's the hard? Um, Bradenton. I got it. <laughs> um, yes. Where was I going with this? Veronica. Veronica. We learned from her that she was on an online dating site. Where the unsub was also on an online dating sub. And we found out this Jonathan Rhodes, who ends up being the unsub, pinged, quote-unquote, pinged Veronica, tried to get a hold of her, like, a few times, and she ignored him. Now, do you guys ever ignore people's pings on those sites? Is that a, is that a, is that a, is that a loaded question? I'm trying to think. I got focused on the ping. I was like, that's not Today's society called Um, ghosting. In um, the in the past, I've chosen to ignore rather than yes. engage in messages on, yeah. on online on dating those types sites. Of sites. Yes. People who like try to reach out to you. That was a really good way to answer. <laughs> in the past, I have chosen to. Well, because I'm in a relationship now. Right. Uh, yeah. No, I know that was cool. But like, and for you, like, if somebody pings you, pings you, pings you, do you look at that as being uh, in the past? Do or you like look at that people's as, desperations, or if it's not my type, or right? Whatnot. So you're not responding yeah. in any way. Yeah, no, yeah. Responding. Okay, I'm just going to stop pinging you then. So, <laughs> and it's I like, mean, don't just don't run me over with a car. Uh, yeah. That's all I'm asking. Sometimes it doesn't amount to anything. Um, other times, just personally, I've been called a racist. I've been called the b word for not I've been answering called, the for pings? not for not answering. Just all of Shit. these assumptions on who I am as a human being because I will not answer that particular individual. Wow. Uh, and that is the sad part of the online dating world. And it is that's, dating that's is hard. close to getting run over, but not quite. Uh, <laughs> but that's still that's actually that's yeah no that's uh, worse than I would have thought. Yeah, Interesting. it gets it can get tough. There are um, groups on social media dedicated to. Um, there's one called. Well, I, I won't say the name of the group. I don't know if I'm supposed to or not. Like, it's not private, but it's weird. But it's just Leave men, it men who feel entitled to women's attention and then don't respond positively when they don't receive it. And it's screenshots of those kinds of circumstances. So the things that I went through, but all of the women on the Internet are sharing their experiences. So that's my big issue. It's such a minute detail of this episode, but the fact that he became a killer because he was getting ignored by women... But it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, me a, off. it's a linchpin issue. I mean, it's important I mean, in the story. It is, but you got to remember, like, that happens in real life. It does. And it's, it's scary that Criminal Minds took that minute concept and blew it up and made it kind of realistic. Well, it's and not it's so not, minute, though, because people are yeah. responding in that but way, like, obviously. Exactly. Yeah. It stems from reality. It yeah. stems from reality and, and the conversation surrounding those topics of girls should just settle and go on the date with the guy to get him are off her back. Are you kidding me? Who That's the hell a, would a lot of people. It's oh, fine. Wow. It's a it's a different conversation for another time. But it is the root of his behavior. It his, is paired with antisocial disorders, um, a love for violence in video games, with a mix of knowing how to run technology 
Yes, being incredibly smart. Yes, he, he knows coding. He used to do, uh, he, he was a sound tech engineer at the radio station WKO. WUKO. Uh, so he, so be he careful has all not the to skills. piss off the engineers here in the studio. Uh, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like, because some of those they guys. They can mute you. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm less joking. Than a second. <laughs> I'm just saying, <laughs> Steve, I hear you. <laughs> um, yes, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Yes, don't don't piss off the fan hand that feeds you. Um, yeah, but I, I I thought it was great, and we had now this new victim who was Alyssa Miles, who was the newest person that was ignoring our unsub. She actually gets abducted, and it's a kind of a different format. It's not like her actually running someone another pedestrian over. It was her just crashing the car and killing herself. That was kind of surprising. And him too. And him with weird murder suicide. It was was out of character. It was out of the mo. It was out of the yeah. It escalated to the point where he no longer wanted to watch. He wanted to be involved in it. Hence, he was also in the car. Yeah, I thought it was a weird escalation. Um, I didn't expect it, but you know, I have no idea if he was planning on jumping out at the last minute. No, he looked like he was zen about it. He looked like he wanted to go and die that way. He yeah, he wanted to, and um, I loved how. Garcia and Alves were chasing them down and just Garcia's antics throughout the thing. I cannot die in this car with you. <laughs> um, it was great. <laughs> also, her wearing her colorful, wonderful, chunky heels and having to go to the crime scene or to the uh, potential victim's house mm-hmm. to warn her only to find out she's an actual victim now and then running after Alves back to the car. And it's just, I'm, like, coming, I'm, coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And, and then also she's like, don't tell me to hack into a computer when I'm already hacking. <laughs> yeah, I, I think she, just, she just had, like, the best lines. They're like, yeah, that's true. Don't bother her. She's doing her job. It was a good Don't show tell for her to yeah. do her job. Um, What's the name of the actress again? Kirsten Vangsnest. Kirsten Vangsnest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Vangsnest. Vangsnest. It's like Vangsnest. That's what i got to remember. Vangsnest. Yes. I will say, Garcia and Morgan had this unconditional sibling love and this is unconditional sibling rivalry and yeah. I love it. <laughs> uh, I agree. It's more like they're just stuck together and they have to deal with each yeah. other. Deal. Um, poor Luke, he doesn't deserve it because he's, <laughs> he's also just doing his job. He's like, yeah. go find this place and she's like, I'm already doing it. Don't look at me while I'm doing it. <laughs> like he's just... <laughs> but then they even had that sweet moment where he was rubbing her shoulder and comforting her uh, yeah. With Reed. With Reed. Yeah. Um, they're they're fun. I know a lot of people aren't too thrilled that like Garcia and Elvis are always together. But they're kind of fun together. Yeah, mm. they're a completely dynamic from Garcia and Morgan, obviously. But it's, a, it's another fun dynamic to watch. Yeah. yeah. I, I agree with that. I think. So that was the f- f- more kind of Camille, slightly comedic on her end, but we finally get the unsub. She manages to hack into his computer, slow the car down. They don't crash, and she lives. There's that whole scene. She's like, yeah. I, 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 I don't know. He's so good. And she's like, you're, you're better, better than him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, Elvis. It was like see? her Jedi moment, you know? He's like, you're better. Yeah. You're the freaking FBI. <laughs> like, you're better than this You're not just the FBI. You're guy. Penelope. Yeah, so... <laughs> Alyssa lives. They get Jonathan Rhodes. Um, I'm glad that I'm gl- glad people kind of lived and survived after yeah. this. So that um, that that was kind of the. I mean, I I don't want to like sound mean. It was a great 
case. But every time I'm watching this case, I'm like, can we just go back to read? Right. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They were carrying two storylines, and and they knew that we were most interested in the other, but they needed mm-hmm. to find a storyline that was, you know, robust enough to, to bring us for the ride, knowing that we wanted those glimpses of what was happening yep. with Spencer. Yeah. And it is showcasing that the BAU and the FBI are not behind Spencer, and he is on his own, and they are expected to keep working as normal. Mm. It's, that's true. It's yeah. really sad. Yeah. Well, let's get to Reed, Spencer Reed, um, in oh, literally in the doghouse right now. Um, but he he's trying to get representation. Prentice has a friend, Fiona Duncan, to represent him. What what were your thoughts on Fiona and how she handled the case with Reed? I would never want to go up against her in court. <laughs> yeah, scary. But that's exactly what you want representing scary you good. there yeah, too. Yeah. She's a formidable, scary confident, competent woman. Yeah, mm-hmm. she played it well. I liked to see the fact that she played it well. I liked to see the fact that she was testing him, yes. saying, you know, if you killed her, we can work with that. Talk to me. Tell me the truth. Don't yep. lie to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just very cut and dry, and I liked it. Yeah, I'm not here to judge you. I'm here yeah. to do my job. I'm here to represent you, whether you killed her or not. Yeah, she gave him every opportunity, if he really did commit the crime, to speak up. You know, And that's what she, that's what she needs to do. She has to know that she's working with the facts. Yeah. It was just really frustrating to watch Reed when Fiona's asking her all these questions and Reed's like, I don't know, I don't know. It's like, you know something, just tell her. Like, yeah. you know yeah. that you know that there was three people in the room, you know that there was a blade, and he kept saying, I don't know, I don't know. I was like, you actually know some things, you're just yeah. not telling her. Which is what, yeah. yeah, you can't quite figure that out. I mean, could it be that he's afraid and he's just all confused still? Yeah. Or, but it seems like he could have paced out, well, I was in this room. All I know is I got yeah. cut. He could have pieced out some sort of a narrative, it seems like, doesn't Yeah. It? She needed a narrative, and he yeah. wasn't giving her yeah. anything. And the frustrating thing is Reed, who has an iodetic memory, who can literally remember everything, and the fact that he can't remember the most important things that can literally save his life right now is so super frustrating. Yes. It's frustrating good, because you're like, ah. Had he had his ability right now, he could literally save himself. Right. Yep. See, everybody thinks it's still scratch. I think maybe I think that the Mexican police had something to do with it. The the people that got him, like I said last night. You think there's like multiple hands in this? Yes. yes. I do. Do <laughs> you think that? It's scratch. You think it's scratch. Well, also, yeah. Now I do be- kind of believe it's scratch as well because at the beginning of the episode when they said previously in Criminal Minds, um, we had the, the whole voiceover Scratch's MO is to drug people. And then have them do things against their will. Yeah, because okay. we got that mo in the first episode the this season, first episode. and then it kind of we had a little bit of scratch, and then he just went away. Yeah, and so we got that line, and then we got it repeated with Reed. He's like, "I wasn't on drugs. I was drugged." I was like, "Yeah, that could have been scratch." It's starting to head that way. Huh? It scratch drugged yeah. him. We don't know. Mm. We don't know. But it's so you have so much, so much more of a rich history to see it from. So I can. Uh, I see through new It could eyes. be Scratch. If the problem is where is Scratch, how are they going to catch him? Well, Those are- <clears throat> I also read an, um, an article that of an interview that Erica Messer did mm-hmm. talking about Spencer's new character arc and how it's going to carry to the end of the season and how everything is going to kind of wrap up around episode 22, which would include Scratch and would include Spencer and does include Spencer's mom. So That's cool. 
See, I, I'd like him Erica to stay Messer in prison. Erica Messer said those things. Yeah. I'd like, I'd like him to stay in prison. The, I'm already thinking the worst. Uh, <laughs> this is terrible. But you know what could be cool is they started, you know, we have new characters that have been coming in. They've started bolstering it up. Maybe it's to have them get picked out one by one no. by one. That's not a good idea no. to keep a show's no. longevity going. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. That's the opposite. Well, but in different idea. ways. Like, he's going to prison. That doesn't mean he's written out of the show. But kind of. Kind of. Because he'll never be able to be an FBI agent again if he goes to prison. Yeah. But if he got exonerated, he could be. Did you guys watch Bates Motel? Yes. No. Did you see how, how they did, killed... Don't spoil it for people. Ah, shoot. They, no, but they killed her, them. and she's still in the show. They killed the mother, but she's still in the but show. But that's Bates yeah. Motel. Like, well, that's... Do don't that's spoil the it whole for people. I didn't spoil it. That's the whole psycho concept. Yes. This is Criminal Minds, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, we, we learned that, you know, Reed is pretty much, uh, they, they give him an offer. It's two to five years. That quickly changes once they find the actual murder weapon that has his blood and they prints on it. They find it in the desert. They find it in the desert. Doesn't make much sense. That's why I say I think the police are And now the offer has gone up from five to ten years. So instead of serving two to five, he now has to serve twice as long, five to ten. They find it in the desert. How many? How long afterwards? I'd imagine yeah. a couple hours within you know the time frame of this episode. Oh um, no, no! I mean, I mean but, after the murder is what I was yeah, thinking. How long has I don't yeah, it's been between, sitting in the desert for a week or two weeks? Well, the and, question is, who found it? We, we who say found it? Right. I, I, IRT found the murder weapon, but we don't know who By exactly in the late, IRT yeah. found it. It could have been Scratch who right. gave the weapon back that had the prints all over it. Question. There's so many things that have been off screen that we haven't seen that could answer everything. Well, and these flashes that he gets, are those actual memory memory flashes or are they flashes to just show us, the audience, what it might have looked like? Because when he was stumbling for the knife and he grabs the knife mm-hmm. and, he let, and he cuts his hand somehow, but he was grabbing it by the blade and he was trying to defend, is he re, are those memories popping into his head or just there presented for us? I think it's both. I think that's what he saw, how disjointed and discombobbled everything is. But but then he should he remember, remember enough everything. to say, I reached down, I grabbed the blade, I remember that part. He's not saying, he's not uttering what's happening visually. He did you know? say it last week. He and said it last Prentice week. recorded it? it, and we still don't know what happened with that. Mm. I don't know. Ugh. Yep. We don't know. We don't but know. But the fact that now his offer is up, it's now five to ten years. Um, take it, plead guilty. Or if you don't, they'll go to trial. And if he loses, instead of five to ten years, he'll serve twenty-five years to, 25 life. to life. So it's literally just going up and up from here. Is Slated. this good? This is bad. This looks so bad for him right now. Well, see, yeah. I but he can take it for the ride, and then it can play out. And when they find the real bad guy, he could go to jail. And when they find the real bad guy, then they come back and they appeal it and all that type of stuff. So I think that's a perfectly fine story arc for them to take mm. I I don't know I just I understand our court and justice system but that doesn't stop me from hating it sometimes right. <laughs> where someone could be innocent and the evidence around them is so overwhelming even though they are innocent I choose to believe Spencer is innocent uh, that they're like just say you're guilty just say you're guilty and it's all good and it all goes away and it's like no but I'm not yeah, and not it goes, guilty. It goes flip the flip side too. When somebody's guilty and they're able to maneuver the evidence in such a way that 
they Cause can get enough away with reasonable it. doubt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. All they need is what plausible uh, denial. Uh, what is it? Uh, plausible deniability. Yep. <laughs> and they have circumstantial evidence against him now, which is just everything is just adding up to not be good for Reed. Yeah. Yeah, no. it's it's not good, and it's just very frustrating because um, I I thought okay, probably the the most dramatic point in this episode, Reed and Prentice together when we find out that well Reed's just trying to figure out what he's going to do. Do they go to trial? Is he going to fight it? And I I think it was just one of the best most dramatic acting so far in this whole season with a freedom apprentice. That was such a powerful scene. You can tell that they've not only worked together for over a decade, but they've been friends for an incredibly long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she, she's real... so certain that he didn't do it. She's like, like even with a lawyer standing there, and a lawyer's like, well, if you did it, if you didn't do it, she doesn't quite have the same level of belief. But Prentice is like, it's going to be the person who took the car. You know, she knows that he didn't do it. That doesn't mm-hmm. even enter her consciousness that he might have. Well, just even the emotional level that they reach as actors is well, incredibly yeah. powerful in that scene. Yeah, I agree because it's it's real. They're like, if this is scratch, the jury's not going to know it's scratch. Only we will because the jury will only see the evidence against you and not having the emotional reasoning behind it and the fact that this is your life you're playing with you can't play russian roulette see but when it goes to when it goes to trial that's got to be part of their defense too is that there is a maniac that his mo is drugging uh people within the fbi and drugging others and getting them to do things or make it to appear setting them up framing them yeah but they can't like and and i get that and us as viewers we get that too but they can't go to court saying it's it's scratch when they have no evidence that it's scratch. It but, would be so great if Hotch was called as a character witness out of Wit Pro. I agree I with what know. you said. But like if it goes that way and they need to present why it's scratch and he just like walked in and everyone was like oh. But didn't that we well, been great. but because he's in witness protection, right? Yeah. So uh, the the yeah, it could be it could be good, but they that's part of their defense is that they've got this guy that's already in witness protection because Scratch is doing the same thing. Here's another one. That's that's a viable defense, and it's reasonable doubt. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's true, but they don't have any very reasonable evidence that it's Scratch right now to prove an exoneration. Except, except for the pattern. Well, when the toxicology report comes back, they might. Yeah, maybe, maybe we still haven't gotten that. But I think Prentice made a great point, though. Like the, they'll never give up, and it, they will exonerate Reed if it is Scratch. But the the fact that they can't do that in a week or this year or that sucks, yeah. That hurt my heart to that listen was, to. Oh, I'm like, that's so true. And no bail. And there's no way that they can catch Scratch now until the arraignment. And even when we get to the arrangement, the, the time limit for him being in prison is just going to grow up from here. Right. So no matter what, he's going to have to serve time. Which sucks. Oh, yeah. Which is terrible. It's terrible. Yeah. But I'm scared for you. He's kind of been to hell and back, though, already, and also been caught in several prison riots. So, despite people's lack of belief in his ability to survive prison, he might be okay until the trial. It's better than Mexico. It's better than El Diablo. Apparently, at least he's not in El Diablo. At least he's in America. He's on American soil, which is good. But this, what did you think of the the courtroom scene at the end where he's the the arraignment more so um 
That judge, she was ruthless. I, this is silly, I just watched the the FX special on OJ because it was oh. added to Netflix yeah. and yeah. she was the foreman juror. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, now nah, she's a judge. She's moving on. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that was just a dorky moment. She's a good actress. She works I enjoyed the same. It. She's harsh, though, in this. Yeah. She, she took no bullshit. Um, she said, past behavior is the best indicator for future conduct. The client presents a flight risk. So pretty much they think that because of the situation where Reed was in, he was already fleeing the scene, which doesn't look good for him. And he he was, has a better chance of probably fleeing the scene again now. See, I don't get why, but nobody bail. said why he, he was going to Mexico to get medication for his mother that wasn't FDA approved. That's why he crossed the border. He's not a risk for flight. He it's not because fleeing. why he crossed the border. It's that the fact it's that he did cross the border. Without but, following uh, Bureau protocol. Without following FBI protocol, against security protocol. Like, to get medication he, for It doesn't matter like, why doesn't he was matter. there. The fact that he did it is what bothered him. Mm. How yeah. he did it is what they're looking at. Yeah, I suppose so. But it's like, uh, I think that point would have made a more of an impact. It might not have. It might not have made one iota a difference. Yeah. But it, 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 doesn't, doesn't, it doesn't show that he was uh, acting in ways which were criminal. Um, it shows that he was acting in ways that were uh, supportive of his mother, in my opinion. But Yeah, I mean, you can look at it that way. But in their eyes, it looks like he's not a trustworthy person right now. Right. Yeah. And he's an FBI agent who knows better. And he went against protocol. And the fact that he did this once, he could probably do it again right now. Therefore, posing as the flight risk, his bail is denied. Okay, judge. He is an... (laughs) (laughs) I don't want Reed to be in prison either, but he's going to prison. Yep. And the trial won't be... is probably going to be a long process. So he's going to be there for a few months already now. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, he's got at least three months. At least three months to the trial. And even from then, we don't know what's going to happen. But they get scratched from now until then? Probably not. But it could up the... Because it, it, it does up the ante, so it could put more pressure on them to go after him actively. Yeah. What if his mom gets called into court? I don't know. That's like a... I don't know what you would call it, but she's kind of a mentally unstable person witness. to call, right. witness yeah. to, call to... I don't think she'd be the per- best person to voice her opinion. Yeah. Or voice a statement, really, because would saying, it, would she be legit? Somebody is it Alzheimer's? It's Alzheimer's, right? Alzheimer's and Alzheimer's. schizophrenia. Oh boy, that's what a great combination. That's, <laughs> that's like, it's a double yeah. whammy. Therefore, yeah. it's just like it's not, you know, conclusive to have her as yeah. a witness. You know, that's true. I'm just trying to figure out what Jane Lynch's story arc is because I originally thought she would be in the three episode arc of Spencer in this immediate Same moment, here. and she is not. She is in. She was in twelve. She's going to be in eighteen, and then she'll be in twenty two. Yeah, so, so it's it's spread out. It's gonna wrap with her. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, that interesting. also goes into my predictions. <laughs> okay. Are, um, we, are we there? Yes. <gasps> but yes. Ah, oh. here it comes. I had a little bit of news, but we could do that after. It's all right. <laughs> Sorry. I predict. Jump the gun. Hold on. That's I okay. predict that what you're gonna you get some news. <laughs> no, no, no. We're already at predictions. <laughs> but well, okay, with. Mom's going to die on the stand. On the stand? Yeah, she's going to go to testify, and she's gonna, it's going to be too much for her. 
Because they were so excited to get Jane Lynch back for mm-hmm. this season. And they started working up this arc for the last half of season 12 at the end of season 11 when they were wrapping up Derek Morgan. Yeah. Like, Erica and Kirsten and Matthew got together and thought about this moment where it's like, Reed's going to go to prison. Let's see what else can happen here. Well, <laughs> yeah, what do you think is going to happen to Reed while he's in prison? I don't. I've, I'm learning not to trust the promos for my predictions. Right. Because <laughs> I was all about that Law and Order style episode. I don't think. God, if, wouldn't if it be I, wild if, if he got roughed up? If I know? get that at yeah. all, it's going to be the end of the season. I, I think he's mm. going to do fine. I think he'll be mentally tortured, but that's about it. But I, I think it would be a bold choice if he got roughed up. That would be kind of. Mm. Uh, yeah. I yeah, think I like those things. Yeah, I think the only way Reed can survive in prison is use. He actually uses his smarts and intelligence. Yeah. Um, that's the only way he can survive because he's not cut out to be in prison. But he's no. not a tough guy. No, no. Yeah. I feel really bad for JJ. You know, just and going he's, and he's this. pretty too. Yeah, he's sure, um, but like JJ and then his con- her concern for him throughout this whole episode, and even talking to his mother and trying to console her, um, which is you know she knew, she knew something was going to be bad. Be bad. Her best. She's concerned for her best friend, and I just fell for her. Um, so we kind of a little went out of order, but I do have one piece of news and gossip. <laughs> After TV news. Okay, so the the set for this episode, Bradenton, Florida. Ah, you said it right. I said it. I said it. Um, yeah, it was a special location for the show executive producer Erica Messer. Um, for those who don't know, yes, the story was set in Bradenton, <laughs> Florida. <laughs> but uh, they were actually originally going to pick a golf course coast town in Florida because it's easy to have LA look like Florida you know in the sun and you know that type of weather but uh, they used a different city because Erica Messer is actually familiar with the town of Bradenton Florida because her brother is an assistant chief of the police department there oh wow yeah so Erica has actually traveled back and forth and she spent holidays down in that area and she's like really accustomed to that like going home yeah she got to visit the family at the same time yeah she she (laughs) flies back and forth she's very familiar with the area so they use that as um a setting for that and um she said the the writer of this episode stephanie sengupta came up for the episode plotline you know with the we mentioned it a little bit earlier but the the whole theory that you know smart cars that drive themselves and park themselves you know wouldn't be terrifying if your car became a weapon and that was essentially what that's happened with this episode that's yeah good. that's good it's incredibly scary and uh, yeah, even the Bradenton Police Department, the the real department, posted to Facebook um, on this Wednesday that it aired that this episode was going to be located or like surrounded their 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 town, and they got they liked uh, it. help from them by the BAU. They got a th- thumbs up from the yeah. police department. Yeah, yeah. so <laughs> um, the, yeah, the the even the location of this episode was based on it's it's a real, real place. place. That's so. nifty. What's them. it called again? Bradenton. Bradenton, oh, Florida. 
<laughs> I've said that like 20 times 20 now. times. How many kids? Should have made that a drinking game. <laughs> but thank you, everyone, for tuning in and listening. This was a great episode. Mm-hmm. More to come because Reed is now in prison, unfortunately. Oof. In the meantime, where can everyone keep following you? Reach out to me, Chris Howard, at Chris Howard Live on Twitter and Instagram. And then to my right is the lovely one and only. Michelle Cullen. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michelle underscore Cullen. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all those fun social media platforms at AfterBuzz TV. Keep rating, keep commenting, keep subscribing. You guys in the live chat are great. Yeah, Reed doesn't belong in prison. I completely agree. And who knows what's going to happen now. I think it's Scratch now. I officially think it's Scratch. So, we'll see. And thanks, everyone, for tuning in. We will see you next time. Ciao. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 